And that was the jetpack entrance. Hi everybody, today I'm on a hiatus from my hiatus of podcasting to bring you another episode that just couldn't wait. Today my guest is Jared Farney, a composer and drummer from Canada like myself that I happened to go to school with about a decade ago. Jared and I talk about his new album Relics, a video game concept album featuring the visual art of Stuart Wade. This is Jared's second collaboration with Wade that features artwork paired to each track of the album and traces out story beats that one might find in the story arc of a classic adventure video game. We also talk about sound design and doing video game jams and all sorts of stuff. So here we go, okay? You're now in Austin, Texas, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, how? Well, first off, my my guest today is Mr. Jared Farney, uh, someone I am. Well, we're just going in. We're going straight into it. I haven't talked to him at all yet in what fifteen years, maybe something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think twelve ish years. Uh, I was rounding both. We both graduated in uh, 2010, I think, didn't we? From San Somewhere Bryce? in there, yeah. What have you been doing since then? Uh, well, I um, moved away from Yield Motherland into yeah. Texas. Got the um, master's in uh, drum set performance in the jazz mm-hmm. studies area of uh, University of North Texas. And then uh, just moved to Austin. And nice. I've kind of set some roots here since about 2014. It, Denton is how far is that from Austin? Uh, it's a few hours away. Yeah, okay. Denton's like right by Dallas. Okay. Uh, I was just going through Dallas. Uh, just come back from New York. We were visiting, doing some family stuff. Nice. Um, the that doesn't mean anything. It's an airport. That could be anywhere. Uh, <laughs> just going. <through. laughs> you know the airport there. Uh, so yeah, for. For everyone listening, I'm interviewing uh, Mr. Jared Farney, who is a percussionist and a composer. Um, He has a a new album out called Relics, which uh, uh, we can we'll get into and talk about uh, where where people can find that and uh, your process of of doing writing that stuff. Um, You uh, from just our own background, I guess you came as part of the Halfway through my bachelor's degree, there was a deluge of, of students coming from uh, uh, the other side of the country. Um, and I keep forgetting. It's like, uh, <laughs> there's so many mix in my life. There's like McCarran Airport and like McQuaid and like all the. What was the name of the school? I can't remember. <laughs> that you we came went to from. Uh, Grant McEwen. Grant McEwen, God, you got, okay, you got and I knew the, there was a two-parter. Yeah, you had the Mick. Um, you, yeah, in in uh, um, uh, Edmonton, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I yeah. When I went there, it was a uh, like a two-year diploma program in kind of more of like a general music. Yeah. Um, I definitely went in there as like someone who'd played a lot of like rock music and like drumline, yeah. drumcore stuff, and was like. I'm, I've got this. And then on like day one, they made us play like a simple jazz standard. I think it was Freddie Freeloader. Yeah. And uh, just 
totally ate it horribly. And I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe I don't, I don't have this. Um, yeah, and you were part of, like, so the two-year degree, and then, like, you were able to transfer over to St. of X in uh, Nova Scotia in Antigonish. Yeah. Um, where you joined us for our third and fourth year. So uh, it was pretty cool. Like, you guys all came. Uh, it was, like, Mel, Otto, Kate, and just, like, all these just sort of... It was, like, a weird, like, alternate universe group of people that, like, are yeah, we all just, just like, mingled. fit right in right away. And, like, but, like, everybody was kind of, like, okay, we need to kind of step up our game a little bit. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we had a, a similar fantastic. process on the outside, too, going, like, kind of a full group going there. And then uh, a lot of the professors at St. FX were also like UNT alumni. And yeah. so there was some of us that kind of just shifted that way as well. And yeah. We just kind of had this like rolling group of jazzers. Yeah, man. It was really cool. Um, uh, yeah. And that, look, that's, that's cool that like we're, we're the, is that kind of why you ended up going to North Texas because of the ties that we have <laughs> like Jake and Paul and. Um, yeah, that was a big oh, a big guys. reason. The the other reason I, I auditioned at a few other schools like uh, University of Miami and uh, USC in Southern California and uh, Rutgers in New Jersey. Um, yeah, and all great schools, all super fun audition processes. Um, but the the tuition was just a little bit on the steep yeah. side um, versus University of North Texas, where if you get like one tiny like even like i think it was a hundred dollar scholarship they would give you the in-state tuition and that was yeah. like a quarter of the price of the other schools and that kind of helped key. that kind of helped because i was like i'm gonna be a right now i'm focusing on jazz drumming uh which yeah. is probably not gonna be the big ticket get rich quick scheme kind of thing <laughs> and so i was like i don't want to be in full debt forever yeah no, and it's hard coming from like Canadian schools. It's a, we can be a little more comfortable up there. Mm -hmm. um, just astronomical down here. But yeah, that in-state tuition that yeah, helped made, a lot. made a huge difference for sure. And the yeah. the uh, drum teacher there at the time was uh, Ed Sof, who was like an amazing, legendary educator, um, who I was, you know, excited to study with. So that yeah, really man. obviously helped sway the decision. And then I had a yeah. couple of friends that also went there from same effects so it was it made a made a nice decision i definitely didn't see myself moving to uh texas as like a cold little canadian boy but <laughs> it uh you know it's been great austin's a great city yeah no it's a, i've heard that a lot um i haven't actually been there i, I need to go there um yeah for sure so you and you sort of started getting into uh Probably, I, I mean, a little bit around the same time that I did, uh, looking into like video game music stuff, because just just from following your social media and stuff, um, what what got you into like looking at video games and writing for video games and yeah. well, and actually, because I don't know you as a composer, really, I know you as a, just a fantastic drummer, but uh, I guess yeah, how'd you get into composing and then how why video games? Yeah, I've I've kind of always been a, a writer at the same time as drumming. Um, back when I was in like middle school and high school, I was kind of writing like drumline pieces and cadences and things like yeah. that. 
And then when I got into high school, I kind of, you know, had my, we had a one computer in our music room that had a copy of, I think it was like Finale 2000 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so I got to play on that a lot of times. Um, and so I kind of had been writing, um, but, you know, music was more the focus, like performing. And yeah. then I, uh, throughout all of college, I kind of also wrote for the combos that I was in. Um, and I just kept having, I was trying to write like, you know, modern jazz music basically. And, uh, the thing that people would always say every time I would bring in a piece, they'd be like, you know, this sounds like a video game song and it'd be like really (laughs) triumphant and like heroic or something. And I'd be like, like, let's play this little jazzy number. And it's like, you know, like, (laughs) I was like, you guys get it? Um, yeah. So definitely just, you know, years of playing video games as a kid kind of helped make that my just musical basement. Yeah. And so I, I everything like I wrote kind of would be very gamified. Um, and then once I got out of university um, and moved to Austin, it kind of, you know, became a different situation where I wasn't surrounded by the performance side on the daily basis. And I started getting more yeah. into the production side. And so the things that I was writing, I could use like the tools that I had, which was more synthesis and, and things yeah. like that. Um, and, you know, started thinking about the potential for that to even be a, a career. Um, yeah. It's one of those things that looking back, it kind of is more obvious where it's like, of course, I sh- should just have been writing music for games. Yeah. Um, but at the time, you know, just like I didn't really know music was a potential career option as a kid. And then getting into music i'm like all right performing is the only way to go right and then you well that's the only thing he's branching that's, that's what the what focus of the degree is so it's like why why would you why think any different, different right? right yeah so yeah so you, you kind of open it's like the matrix opens up and you see all these branching directions and you're like uh-huh. i could make something that's like my complete interest and make that it's a reality and yeah, so it's like find your of set the, of intersections where it's like the things you like and the things you're good at. Yeah, that's the yeah. that's definitely the dream I've been chasing. Um, and I think a lot of the stuff I write is kind of a reflection of that, where it's like usually fairly rhythmically heavy and dense. Um, yeah. But also kind of has like you know sometimes some retro game influences and some more modern cinematicy kind of influences. Um, well, and that's a perfect segue into talking about this new one because I have I listened to it and I took some notes um, on it and I, I I guess like just where where did you land on just the how did you start like obviously you, you the Stuart Wade guy you're you're the artist guy who did the the um, all the artwork for the uh, not just the cover but like you have like artwork for each track. Um, yeah. And what is it? Go so go to jaredfarningmusic.com to uh see uh all this stuff. Um click on the relics tab. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's uh how how did you did you conceive of did he did he make the art first and then you wrote the music to it or was it like a combination of like simultaneous kind of thing or Um yeah, well Stuart's been a friend of mine for a while now. Um I met him a few years back through like a, a project that my wife runs, which is uh, called the the Monster Project. Okay. And uh, it's a project that she's like kind of run every year where um, kids draw monsters 
and then professional artists from around the world take those monsters and reimagine I was, them. I was looking at that yesterday, or like two days ago. I was oh, showing yeah. my niece that. I was like, look at this. That's, that's your wife runs that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a... I didn't know that. That's super, so cool. It's a super cool project that, like, you know, she gets different artists from all over the world to kind of reimagine it in their style and kind of show kids the power of their creativity. Um, and we always... I'm I'm not usually... The, the part that I have in it is, like, I'll go with her and help her run things, like, make sure that the kids are drawing art and stuff. Um, right. She does, she does all the heavy lifting, of course. Um, yeah, in finding all the artists. But one of the artists that she found was uh, Stuart Wade, and he's done the project for a few years now. Um, he even designed the cover of one of the art books, the Monster Project art books. Um, and then he just happened to, him and his wife moved to Austin for a little bit a few years back. And uh, so I got to actually hang out with them and go out for, you know, drinks and all that kind of stuff. And when we were out, we were talking about potential collaborations um, and we kind of, you know, both share a nice, uh, nostalgic fondness on retro game stuff. And so our first collaboration was the, um, the ancient tree saga. And that was yep. a, um, one where he designed like a really cool full video game map. Um, and I did, Which music. I'm looking at right now. Yeah, yeah. I did music for each of the locations on the map and we kind of separated it out. Um, so good. And then, so that was kind of the, the first collaboration. Um, and we kind of, going back to the actual question, I've kind of gone on a tangent. You're fine. We're, we're all about tangents here. <laughs> um, we kind of... <laughs> I forgot to set my timer, actually. I should have the timer, but it's fine. <laughs> but we started around 10, so it's oh. good. I thought you were talking about like a tangent timer. Like, <laughs> yeah. like well, no, I mean, just something. being in total. Yeah, <laughs> tangent timer. Yeah. Um, you get goo, like, poured on you if you go over <laughs> five minutes. Yeah, so for that first project, um, I had a lot of tracks. I kind of guess for both of them, I've had I had a lot of the starts of music. Ooh, we got a cat. Sorry, a lot of a lot of uh, the starts of music kind of going and like song sketches and all that kind of stuff. Um, not anywhere near like the full versions, um, but enough that you could kind of get the vibe. Um, and so we kind of started with that to kind of influence where the art would go. And then when he would send back some art, it would influence where the music would kind of go. And so it kind of would um, morph nicely that way. That's what I was hoping your answer would be, too. Yes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, I wonder it's, if that's it's very, what... very um, iterative between the two yeah. of us, um, yeah. which, is, which is really cool. And that's kind of how it worked for this, the uh, relics as well as kind of... I started with some song ideas, um, all like MIDI done, no live instruments or anything like that yet. And then... Mm just kind of, you know, showed him what I was thinking, and then we kind of came up with, like, an overall story arc for how this one would go. Yeah. Um, this one's a little bit different, because this the art for this is basically just, you know, the runes of, like, an old civilization that is looks like it's been, you know, long lost to time, and there's little relics scattered. Um, yeah. And so we kind of tell the story of this civilization through the music and those relics, and... Um, all of that. And of course, I always make things much more dramatic than they need to be. So it's like there's a giant epic battle and right. whole civilizations wiped out. And well, you're telling the nature story. Nature regrowth. So. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Um, but yeah, so we kind of came up with these ideas to kind of create um, video game concept albums. Yeah. Um, by just having kind of art and music 
and have yeah, each each track gets its own art, which can either be like you know just like a different part of the map on the original piece, and then the full thing is the full map. Um, and then with relics, it was kind of different um, camera angles and lighting of different parts of the runes. Um, he sculpted all ask. of that with VR, which is really cool. Yeah, the I I, I think I have the program because I went and I uh, checked out his website too. He was talking about uh, it's like Sketch VR, Sketch something, uh, V Sketch. I don't I don't know what it's called, but uh, it's like an Oculus thing, right? Where you yeah you can basically like like make shapes and draw things in a. Yeah, I'm blanking space. on the name. I think it was like a gravity sketch or something like that. gravity sketch that's right yeah. that's right and um, he also he did a lot of other things too like he had like a um some background textures were like created by like ai and then he would like you know mess really? with them and kind of do things like that and then of course he would bring it into other things and clean it up and render it all out and um he does a lot of really insane work um and it's always cool a super fun super fun playful style um, well, and it's like, I'm looking at, like, the, so the first one, you have the artwork next to the first track. I'm, I'm assu- It's like an overhead of, like, the whole thing, right? Is that yeah, kind of what me, it is? Let me just see. So <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I just want to make sure I'm on the right. <laughs> because, like, like, for our, just, just people, people listening, listen, you, you can go, go to the website, website while you're listening or something. Or something but um, um, it's like, it looks like, so he's basically created a 3D environment. And for each of these, like, shots, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, he's zoomed in to a certain part of that map. Yeah. Maybe other ones are, like, independent, but... Um, yeah, I think a lot of the... A lot of... Yeah, so that first one, the the one that kind of goes along with the, the track, Another World, has, yeah, the full, full world scope. Um, yeah. From up above, you can see all the little details and all the cool stuff with the runes in the, in the center. Yeah, the, the ruins. I think I pronounce it runes sometimes. <laughs> Been playing too much Elden Ring. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine who's very deep into Elden Ring right now. <laughs> it is great. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was different camera angles and lighting, and then you know he would kind of go in and treat them all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we definitely had lots of little meetings of just kind of trying to find the right characteristics for the music, and sometimes we kind of be like, this maybe needs to switch here. And to fit the mood, to try to build this narrative arc, um, we ideally would want the narrative arc to be able to be seen just through music and art without any words. Um, you know, that would be the the real test of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, we have nice blurbs to go along with each one yeah. to keep the story going. Um, yeah, and I mean, you could almost do that with just the titles but no and yeah you're not you're not overdoing it you have like mm-hmm. a good succinct like yeah yeah on i the, think it's, still, on the it's first, still very heavily uh visual audio the first uh, album that we did the ancient tree saga my my song titles were definitely a lot more on the nose yeah um it was like we have a quest traveling yeah. through <laughs> and being like yeah. our scariest enemy yet oh yeah. no did we just die oh we're dead you know yeah, but I, I mean, it's not. It's also not. You're not. I don't mm-hmm. think you're taking yourself too seriously with that yeah. stuff, too. So. Yeah, and that one was definitely a lot more um, light and fun and like retro kind of vibes, whereas yeah. uh, Relics definitely has a lot more dark mystery to it. Yeah. No, and and so like with the texture and all that, um, you you sort of have like 
a mixture of you have strings, you have, I mean, there's a solo piano piece in there too. But like you, for the first like half of it, you're kind of leaning on this like cello, uh, electronic drums, acoustic drum, busy acoustic drum thing. Is that so? Like that's. Did that was that before the first like what came first the the uh, the music or the or the visuals for the very beginning of it? Um, you might have answered that already. Sorry. Yeah, for the for the very beginning of it, it definitely started with some musical sketches. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I would just kind of you know be writing some music for myself for fun, um, just trying to you know get better and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then start to slowly adapt things and find like themes and melodies and whatnot. Um, yeah. When that's when I kind of went to Stuart and was like, "We've got to do it again. Got to go around." <laughs> uh, Stuart doesn't live in Austin anymore, so this this whole last one has been fully remote, which is uh, a thing that pre-pandemic I definitely would have been more hesitant towards. But um, yeah, it just kind of shows that you know we don't even. Like, I haven't seen him face-to-face since we started this project. Yeah. Um, besides just, like, calls. Um, yeah. And so it it was kind of, I just wanted to make sure I had something to show him first to be like, here's a track or two to kind of put us in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. This is the vibe that I'm thinking for this one. Um, and, yeah, for the actual music, it kind of, again, I started with, like, all MIDI instruments. Um, and so there was, like, a lot of... MIDI orchestral instruments and then a lot of um, uh, electronic synths and drums and then acoustic drums kind of layered in yeah, um, or digital acoustic drums. It's the, the Roland V drums that I have that I'm able to, you know, plug directly in and manipulate. Um, those have been great for just being able to be like, all right, I've got 10 minutes. I'm going to do a quick pass at yeah. something. Just plug it in, go instead of legit acoustic where I have to like mic everything and text right. forever. Right. Um, and then by the time I'm done miking, it's like, all right, nap time. Yeah, yeah. I've lost my, uh, what was that phrase I was thinking of? I've just plugged in my, yeah, doing your, trying to optimize everything to where, like this mic I have plugged in all the time now. It's usually in my mm-hmm. uh, little isolation booth closet there. But yeah, I, that's my, that's my, uh, the constant thing of like trying to make it as easy as possible. Yeah. To just like get something out, you know. I did. Uh, I did see a, a study once. I can't remember where it's from, so I might be horribly paraphrasing it. But it was uh, uh, a study of like people practicing guitar, and they had like, <laughs> if the guitar was in the case, people would just not practice because you have to. Right. It. But if they just yeah. simply like took the pra- guitar out of the case and put it on the front of it, they were like, a hundred percent more likely to actually sit down and play it. So just having that yeah. ease of setup. Um, creating the templates. I definitely did create some nice musical templates for this one to make it not yeah. so like every time I load in, I have to load every single plug-in and, you know, some of these yeah. things are take forever because a lot of times I'll do it off like an external hard drive as well um, yeah, because yeah. my laptop just can't handle the sheer size of some of these sound libraries. Yeah. Um, and so if I don't have it kind of set up, it takes like, 10 or 15 minutes just to load everything and then yeah by that time it's already i'm already on to something else <laughs> yeah um train of thought um it's a valuable thing uh yeah it's not like like and the, the whole all of that texture stuff it, it does sort of like it i i like how you described it it's sort of a blend of like 
acoustic, acoustic electronic, but you kind of have like, like the more I listen to it, I get like sort of like nature and roots growing, alien, leafy kind of whatever adjectives you want uh, from from all that stuff because it's like busy and it, it. But you also have this flowing like cello line stuff uh, going through it. Yeah, I always I always tried to make sure. So I was really experimenting a lot with a lot of electronic sounds and and um, a lot of like different modulations between sounds, kind of blending together, and a lot of yeah. automation between different elements of those sounds. Um, and so I was having like a great time with all these electronicy things, um, but without any kind of melody on them, it definitely started to have a more you know, busy shifting kind of evolving sound, but without like yeah. a central focus. And so, so like, that's where a lot of those almost more ambient more than yeah, like, more, uh, more ambient and like, yeah. yeah, just kind of more experimental sounding even. Yeah. And so the, um, the melodies, I really tried to help ground things into that actual world um, right. through the melodies. And most of the time it was uh, cello. Um, and then, the occasional time it would be like a piano or something like that, but yeah, cello was kind of the main, the main character of this story. Which I like that you focused it on uh, that, and this all this speaks to like your your uh, experience doing sound design, um, because like, and I have my next bullet point here um, is uh, the uh, the Lucio sounds um, <laughs> that you you said. So you had a post uh, recently about. Um, you had redesigned a, a sound redesign for non-audio uh, people. That's where you take a visual and, and remove the audio and put your own sounds in uh, just to sort of practice that kind of thing. Um, or, you know, they use it as, like, tests when you're uh, applying for jobs and stuff. But uh, you had this... Lucio's a character uh, in Overwatch that goes around on skates and uh, heals people and has, like, a little speaker gun. Which mm -hmm. I've been playing Overwatch lately, so it's it's nice to it's uh, I played him for a couple minutes, and it's like the sounds that they used for him are like really juicy, and like the mix is just really uh, yeah. I mean, he's anyway, but, a roller skating yeah. DJ. Can, yeah, like, and so he you have the, there's this move where he like hits the ground or whatever, and you had done this uh, redesign for it, and you were like, I used this as a like a source uh, source material in. Um, another world, right? If you wanted to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Bit. So the the past couple of years, um, just as I've been getting more um, compositional practice and all that kind of stuff and trying to get more music just existing in the world, um, I've also been focusing on sound design and game, uh, game sound in general mm -hmm. um, and just trying to get my sound design chops to where I want them to be. And um, I've done... Quite a few game jams and all that kind of stuff. I know you're into some jamming as well. Mm -hmm. um, and those have been great, um, but don't don't lead to a lot of, you know, demo reel potential and stuff like that. Right, so, yeah. Um, I, I more awesome think of for, it as like a networking thing yeah. that also can sometimes give you some portfolio yeah, It's definitely stuff. been great it's for meeting people. Like, the majority <laughs> yeah. of my friends in the game industry have been from game jams because you yeah. you are meeting people with the same attitude of like i really love this thing let's use our free time to do this thing um, collaborate which is yeah. the kind of people that you want to be surrounding yourself with mm -hmm. um but the 
yeah, the sound design, I've been doing a lot of redesign work and trying to, you know, just hone the skills that way. And yeah, one of those ones that I did was Lucio from Overwatch and he did his, yeah. like, it was like, yeah, the shockwavy kind of move uh, where he like jumps up and smashes the ground and has sound waves that yeah. come off. And so the sound I created was essentially just like a kind of sound yeah. with a lot of fun little bits to it. Um, and when I had that sound soloed without any ambience or like Foley and stuff like that, um, it kind of sounded like just this really epic snare drum with like a wind up, like a yeah. kind of sound. Um, yeah. And so I, li- I liked how it created like this tension of it has like the reverse kind of you know, smack, yeah. and then the full bash sound. Um, and so I kind of treated it almost like a snare drum sample that you might find in, like, a sample library, mm-hmm. and then, like, layered it on top of my actual drum set snare um, during, like, the big epic kind of introduction of the track. Um, and it made it have this really cool, like, do 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 did you have to like? Yeah. Did you have to time? Because like the fir- like the part and then the second part. Did you have to like move the first part around a little uh, bit? Only to, like, very gently. It, it okay. almost worked out exactly the way that I wanted it to. Yeah, um, yeah. Just because there was so much else also going on that the lead in of the would kind of work uh, starting pretty much anywhere. Um, I just kind yeah. of sliced it a little tiny bit to make it so it it ended on the would end on the beat and then the right, bop right. would land on the beat. Um, yeah. but, uh, other than that, it, I didn't really have to change too much. Um, that's kind of one of the things that I, uh, started doing for this was blending in my different sound design techniques that I'd be learning during my sound design training. Yeah. Um, and just like try to find a, a musical application, um, which I think helped the album. And I think it also helped in reverse on just like, designing sounds in general from like a more mm-hmm. musical standpoint yeah um and so there's lots that's, of lots of little sound fun bits going on that's that's a really good point about this is stuff something i've sort of been thinking about is how like and i tell students that i have of like if if we're learning you know they're learning one particular skill like how like how to transcribe or how to how to be fast at transcription and then like whatever like and all the how when we learn music theory and all these things that seem separate once you get to a higher level they all sort of congeal and you're going oh that's makes sense that i learned that you know because now it's helping me do this thing this new thing or whatever and what i'm finding is that's kind of where like you bring in sound design and that can kind of that's the same thing it's like it's all like you can sound design very musically and you can write music very sound (laughs) designy uh yeah it definitely is a nice venn diagram of yeah of skills um yeah yeah like same kind of things like you'll use transients and build-ups and tension and release and you know attack decay all that kind of stuff just trying to use it in different ways like you know, musically, of course, we'll start to use that in... I, I've used it a lot in the drums, since I kind of hear drums already in that way of just, mm-hmm. like, the snare I'll hear as that transient sound and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, since I've played drums my whole life, I can kind of um, separate the pieces of the of the kit pretty easily. Um, and then when it came to, like, the 
the more melodic and chordal stuff. Um, that has definitely been a uh, different path for me because I, uh, you know, didn't study any kind of piano or anything like that growing up. Um, it wasn't until like university theory classes and stuff like that where I started to see the cool things that you can do. Um, yeah. And so I definitely approach it from a different perspective, I, I think, than other people just kind of coming from the drums first, um, which I always thought was kind of my... It was definitely a thing that led to some imposter syndrome kind of vibes where I was like... Uh, yeah. Where I'm like, you know, I'm a drummer. They're going to see right through these progressions <laughs> or something. Or my voicings aren't going to be as hip as they could be. And then uh, I had a um, kind of mentor guy on, on Facebook through the... It was like the, the business skills for composers group. Um, and was sharing music with him and kind of getting feedback. And he was like... He's like, first of all, you write like a drummer. And I was like, oh, no. And he's like, but I mean Here that in like the best possible way that it could be. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, because you're approaching this in a way that I probably wouldn't, but it's not in like a negative light. And so it kind of took me a while to think of that as like a a positive part of my skill set is that I Absolutely. think of things yeah. from a drummer's perspective. It's it's the you're getting to the same spot. You're just going the drum. Yeah, it's just way. taking a different route. Yeah, um, which but means, then that yeah it means a lot more a strong, trial. Yeah, strong sense of identity once you get there too. It's like mm. and that's very evident in this album. Uh, like I started listening and I really like I have not heard anything quite like that before. I turned it on and it was like whoa okay, it's gonna be interesting. And then it doesn't it you go places with it too. It's like it's uh, you. Yeah, um, there was uh, the one. I mean, because you're talking about like oh, like you write like a drummer, and then I think it's like the last. I wonder if I could just play for a second. I don't. Uh, I don't think this will actually play. I'm just. This is just for me right now. <laughs> this is great podcasting. Well, yeah, perseverance. I was just making sure it was the right track. <laughs> yeah, uh, perseverance. It's like this. This the string stuff you're doing is like there's no you know. It's there's not any drums playing at all, and it's like this is this is yeah the, no, this is advanced writing. So it's the, like you know yeah, the whole uh, kind of epic finale of it. Um, so the basic story is you know you're this civilization that is starting off nice and thriving, but there's some corruption that happens from within, and about halfway through the album, the corruption overtakes the civilization and just wipes everything out. Um, and then nature grows back in its wake and, um, you know, starts to redo the circle of life. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, corruption tries to come back through the nature and then nature and eventually repels it. And that's the final track. So the final track starts off as kind of like a, like a boss battle song, <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the first minute or so. Mm -hmm. And then the entire ending of it is uh, when nature wins. And all of the kind of like electronic experimental stuff goes away and it's just the pure acoustic instruments. Mm -hmm. um, it was a cello quartet uh, with two violins on top. Um, and were they people that you knew from school or like... Uh, no, I actually kind of got... Or? I got kind of lucky with this. It was a... Um, back before the album existed and I was just trying to uh, write the music. You know, I, I was writing it using... Uh, MIDI instruments and um, my 
I find the strings, I'm just not the best at programming them and they always sound fairly fake. Um, even if I like, you know, spend a lot of time programming it and it kind of sounds good, it still sounds, you know, fake and not yeah. like a real human. Um, same. <laughs> yeah. it's the like it, same I mean, the, the technology is impressive and like they've, it's come a, a huge way since I was a kid, but the, yeah. um, you know, it still doesn't feel quite human, at least not the way that I am doing it. Right. Um, and so I had a couple of pieces that I wanted to experiment with uh, fleshing out, um, but I didn't really know any cello players in my vicinity, and so I went on to uh, Fiverr, you know, oh, okay. the, the website where you can just like hire people mm -hmm. for anything, and I hired a cello player um, for a beyond reasonable rate, um, which, you know, the quality can kind of range on that kind of thing. Um, but he sent me back uh, some cello stems that were actually, like, full of, like, life and emotion and, like, it was recorded really well. And yeah. and so I started uh, hiring him more and just kept kept going more and more until eventually it was, like, this relationship outside of Fiverr. Um, his name good. is Martin. Um, Martin Kutner. Um, okay. And he is a really awesome cello player. He's in a Croatia. I was going to ask, yeah. And so there's, you know, a big, uh, again, pre-pandemic seems like a thing that wouldn't have been able to really happen. Um, but for the majority of the album, he's the one that uh, is doing the, the melody through. Um, <clears throat> and so it started with that nice, like, kind of budget Fiverr experience or, like, what I was thinking I was getting. And then right. kind of blossomed into a nice, you know friendship and musical collaboration um and yeah he's he's kind of all over that that whole album and then the other string player did he did he also play the other string instruments or um there was a a couple of violin players i think another one was from uh fiverr as well um that i used um just on that one track just to kind of add some extra uh texture um again it started all all midi and then i slowly replaced things yeah, um, and you know, charted it out so it was. I had music to actually send them. Um, yeah, and so yeah, they kind of. I definitely pushed myself to try to create a lot of moments on the album where it was, um, you know, multiple minutes of just no drums or no percussion, because um, you know I don't want to be just like the drum guy, but right, you know, I can do all that stuff and it's it's a lot of fun and that tends to bleed into most things that I do. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to create, you know, these different things. Another one was the track uh, Siren, which is just a solo piano track. Mm -hmm. um, that was my friend Nacho, Nacho Azor from, uh, I met him at the University of North Texas. Um, he's from Barcelona. Nice. Um, that's how you, that's how you, you get it. that soft TH <laughs> sound. Um, that he's an amazing piano player and, uh, again, really brought my MIDI thing to life. Yeah. Um, which is definitely something that I think is really important to just utilize people around you to help bring life into your music. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it definitely goes a long way. Even if it's, like, mostly MIDI and you just have, like, one live yeah. player on top, it really just brings everything to life. Yeah. Um, so I definitely recommend doing that anytime you can. That's one thing I learned from uh, my 
one of my mentors at UNLV, Dave Loeb, he did a lot of, uh, uh, you know, PB. He was doing, he at the time that I was there, he was doing like, he was scoring a PBS documentary. And uh, yeah, they were doing, I think he was talking about how he was doing like a MIDI patch of like uh, vocal, vocal music. music. And, 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 and they, they just, just like he like had his, his wife, wife sing, sing the top, top line of it, and, and that just sort of like you know with some nice mixing and stuff that sort of it makes a huge difference. Just that one little uh, element of realism, yeah. Um, and it's cool to think because like I, I imagine there's people um, like I'm lucky enough to live in a city where there's lots of really high high caliber musicians that I know and I, I can call and record. Which I I'm just like why am I not doing more of that? Uh, but it's also nice to hear that, you, you know, you can be in the middle of nowhere. Not, not that you're in the middle of nowhere, but like, <laughs> uh, but like you could be, you can be in the middle of nowhere. If you have access to Fiverr, you can find someone in Croatia that can provide live. So it's yeah. just like, yeah. And it's, it's cool that we're in the uh, age of like possibilities. With yeah. It was, I mean, very inexpensive and it was like, yeah. um, pretty much overnight and had a version. Yeah. Um, I think he had like. Unlimited revisions was kind of one of his things. Yeah, um, I think he was really just trying to build up his uh, Fiverr presence. Yeah, and so um, I got in at like the right time where he was like his prices were really low, so that he could you know get a lot of good reviews and and gigs under his belt. Right. Um, but yeah, there's that kind of stuff is something that's just really easy, I guess, for this whole project. Um, none of the people that performed on it uh, live anywhere near me. Um, even the artist Stewart doesn't live, you know, in Texas anymore. Right. And so, um, it's definitely a beautiful pandemic love child that could exist in this day and age yeah. where, um, the majority of it was composed when I was like locked in, you know, yeah. uh, I was teaching yeah. virtually for the whole year, um, year and a bit and just kind of in between lessons would kind of work on all the music, um, and so it's one of those things where, yeah, you don't even necessarily need to have that full network of people. Um, it definitely helps to have people that you can, like, yeah. um, approach. And that was definitely the, the thing that I got the most from uh, for uh, school and university was just the, the network of people that it introduced me to. Because um, now I've got friends in, like, every facet of the music industry yeah um yeah that i could call upon to be like hey remember me let's uh yeah like for example like hey you've got a podcast now let's uh yeah yeah there you go exactly well and i was i literally i wasn't going to i'm i I, this i'm not i probably not gonna have another episode for a little bit that's what i said after my last one and i had like a little in between like uh talk to myself in a closet (laughs) episode uh, basically explaining like I'm I'm just gonna take a little hiatus because I need to I have this 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 and I list all the things mostly so I could just like throw that out into the world so that the world can then know that I'm if I don't have this done that I haven't been doing my work so I'm just trying to like <laughs> hmm. uh, lay a fire under myself yeah. yeah but uh but then I I was like seeing all this and I'm like why well, if I'm gonna interview Jared I, and I you were on my list anyway. I was like, well, I should do it when he has an album out. So, you know, <laughs> not that you're going to get a huge signal boost from this. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how many people listen to this, but, uh, you know, I'm just happy to chat with you. It's, it's been yeah, so man. Long. Well, and I want to just sort of, I'm trying to create like, like just 
connection. I'm trying to connect more with people. Like a good friend of ours from cruise ships uh, died a couple weeks ago, uh, and we had a memorial. <laughs> another surreal experience. A memorial uh, Zoom meeting for him, um, yeah. and it was. We just sort of all sat around and just told stories about him and stuff, and it was just really nice. I had a nice phone con- couple phone conversations afterwards of just people I haven't talked to in years that I wouldn't have talked to. Um, in any other like era or you know circumstance. Anyway, it's just like it's nice to yeah really you know this if this year or the two years I guess now has taught us anything it's that yeah uh, connecting is closer to our fingertips than ever. Yeah, and, and maintaining connections. It's maintaining like, connections. Yeah, music yeah. making is easier than it's ever been. Yeah, yeah. Um, just through the technology that exists, but also the um, the crazy amount of like free resources and online resources. Well, and reaching your audience directly too. Is yeah, like, just putting it all out yourself. Yeah, um, everything yeah. is uh, extremely accessible now, which is yeah, which is great. Yeah, it's democratized. Like uh, like knowledge is sort of uh, democratized a little bit. It's so like, and that's. That's kind of, uh, that's something that I I'm I'm discovering because I and that was part of the conversation I was having last night is that this guy's doing his doctorate my my the, the, my guest from episode two Brian Canonigo, uh he's finishing up his doctorate he's doing a dissertation on uh, creating a curriculum like a modern curriculum uh, which you know that's not that's not the newest idea of like hey things are outdated let's fix them. Uh, but you know, there's, there is certain things that I'm just like, it seems obvious, but there's still not in that many programs. Like, you know, learning how to like edit a video, learning what a, a real, like what an actual reel should look like and sound like and what a website should look like. And like yeah. that website is just so basic of a thing that I never learned anything about except through just trial and error and, and doing it myself. But um, and I mean, you don't need, you don't necessarily need school to tell you those things, but, um, it, it is kind of, they don't usually, it's like, yeah. you don't get much of that. Yeah. That's definitely been one of the bigger, uh, challenges. I definitely came out of school with like a lot of performance chops and, uh, yeah. you know, writing chops and all that kind of stuff. Um, but my business skills and that side of mm-hmm. things were, um, just non-existent cause they don't, they don't really treat you as like a business person in school you're kind of a student studying the craft and trying to get better um which is totally understandable um but the the business side when i came out of it was yeah non-existent kind of needed to try to shift my thinking away from like just creating things and then having it out there and being like all right i've created i've done my part yeah um just trying (laughs) to get even just some basic business sense around uh treating myself as like a a business yeah and trying to f- demystify like how to what should i be working on what should i be focusing on and prioritizing um i think that it's it is like it depends on what like a, a school is like saying that they're w- what's the purpose of it what what is our goal here is it like we're focusing on making you a good musician mm-hmm. okay cool so then like i'm h- how do i 
licensed music? How do I, you know, write write music for stock libraries or, uh, you know, the Unity Store or what does non-linear music sound like? What is, you know, this or that? And there's all these skills that, you know, it's not to say that there's there's just like, on you know, there's deep deep stuff that you can get into that you can't cover everything, but it is kind of, it just seems like. And I know why, because like the by the time you implement like changing a, a program, it's like the technology is, and the market has changed already, yeah. and we're speeding up with how how fast, you know, things are are changing. You know, like VR is just and spatial audio and stuff is just like, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, tangent, right? Sometimes yeah. they don't go anywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's true. They definitely. Have that focus on like just making you the best musician that you could be. Um, yeah. From like a performance side. Um, again, I went into a performance degree, so I kind of, you know, that's that's on me. But <laughs> yeah. they had, you know, definitely more like music technology, and we had a couple of music businessy courses and stuff like that. Um, but just as like a you know person growing up as a musician, you kind of see the music performance route as like the yeah. The main one that's, you know, not pushed on you, but that's like, that's the well, one that's in the, the, in the center. One. Yeah, you're like, I could be You want to be on stage. You want to, yeah. Um, and in the music performance side of things, they definitely don't focus on things like um, the business skills or any kind of music technology or yeah. um, recording or anything like that. Um, like you go into recording sessions as a performer, but never yeah. really the technology behind it or like microphones, all that kind of stuff. So all of yeah. that has definitely been, you know, the the education outside of school, um, which right. luckily there's just so many resources out there to to kind of guide through that. That's the thing. Yeah, it's like you can if you I guess I, I go back and forth because like I can choose what book I'm reading. Like I'm reading an audio implementation book now that's like, you know, audio coding and stuff. But um, I guess the, the, the thing that. I think could improve with specifically improve with education is like knowing what you should be learning, I guess, like just having a better outline of like the actual end end product of like, what kind of jobs are these people doing? Which is just like, go and research yourself. But, uh, you know, I go back and forth, but, um, man, it's a, yeah. it's a tricky one. Cause there are so many branching paths. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. I think a lot of people just don't know that they exist or like the the tangents that they can go on um, yeah. musically or like what those skills can kind of branch off into. And so, yeah, if anything, yeah. that would be the thing that I would try to improve upon is just showing what is out there and then like the different paths and skills you would need along the way. Um, definitely more business sense would have been would have been yeah. helpful, of course, but. Uh, yeah, because that's that's definitely been the biggest learning curve outside of like formal education. Yeah, it's just like all right yeah. now, how do I how do I music in the how world? do I music exactly? Um, yeah, and it's like because the days of of landing a well, I mean Broadway's still there, but I mean like landing like those 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 you know shows on the on the Las Vegas Strip on Broadway and and uh, cruise ship positions like they're all there, but it's like. There is a lot of limitation to how many of those positions are there are available. So it's like, 
yeah. you know, just... And uh, the, the past couple of years have definitely just shown, too, just, like, how scary that is and how that kind of thing can just stop. Exactly. Like, I definitely it's, have plenty of friends that are just full-time cards, performers. Man. And yeah. as soon as the pandemic happened, their income just went straight to zero, which exactly. is definitely not something that I want to get myself into. Um, exactly. So I do teach quite a bit. That's kind of my full-time job right now is teaching yeah, drums and, and co- composing. Um, and that luckily was able to continue during the pandemic. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of those scary things to be like, all right. And now everything, all the gigs are canceled. Yeah. We have no return in sight. Yeah. Um, at least back then it seemed like that. Yeah. And so it's, it's definitely diversifying a bit. Yeah, man. And I mean, like we're, I started this podcast, not really in the middle, in the depths. I was, we were sort of on the upswing uh, out of the pandemic when I started this, uh, which was like, you know, end of last year. So we were, we were getting out of it, but, um, yeah, it, it is just like, it, there's a, di- I can see a difference. Things are opening back up here. Yeah. Uh, Nature is bit, healing job-wise. a little bit. Yeah. Hey, hey, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> master storyteller right here. Um, well, honestly, like I, uh, you know, I think that we could we could probably call it there. I'm I'm very happy with that conversation. I think a succinct, good conversation. I'm not gonna have to edit this at all. <laughs> really? So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> uh, probably edit my own ums and ahs out, but maybe the cat interrupting. Just add but, a few um, more to me. <laughs> I'll add. Uh, I'll sound design your uh, uh, voice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> see, edit that out. Uh, <laughs> cool, man. So, well, and I just want to make sure I'm sending people to the right thing. You're obviously jaredfarneymusic.com. Yeah. Uh, you get, if you want to sign up for uh, drum lessons, you do like remote drum lessons with people too. Yeah. Probably in person if they're in in your city. Yeah, I do in person in Austin, and then I can do remote from anywhere. Yeah, and uh, all my contact info is on my website. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have like a like a learn from me tab. On, yeah, on the website where you yeah. can contact me if you want to do any drumming. And then obviously his uh, his projects. Um, wh- is there a preferred method of that of listening to your music that you have? Uh, like- they're on they're on you know all the all the heavy hitters, all the um, streamings, the Spotify's and the Bandcamp's. Um, yep. And even SoundCloud and iTunes, Apple Music, all the all the good ones. Uh, yeah. Spotify is probably the one I track the most, um, but they're they're everywhere. Yeah, and then the name of your uh, the, the wife's your wife's project uh, with the artists. I don't know and if that's something that, like, is, I the, that is the monster the project. Uh, the monster project. Yeah, so which is one. very cool. I like. I was, and I think I saw it on Instagram through. Like, uh, like one of those like curation accounts, like Art Never Sleeps or something, maybe something like that. But uh, yeah, that was they take like a a children's drawing and they make like a real like three D rendering of that. Type yeah, or of like <clears throat> all different kinds of art styles. Or like, different, yeah, yeah not three D, or it could be like yeah, yeah, just any kind of awesome art style. But all yeah. done by super awesome professional artists from all over the yeah. world. Um, yeah, it's a super fun project. Definitely check it out. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jared. Uh, go check him out. 
Uh, his new album is Relics. It's fantastic. Um, that's it. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> and that was episode seven thank you for listening make sure you go and check out jared's album relics as well as his previous collaboration with Stuart wade the ancient tree saga both can be found on jaredfarneymusic.com also if you want to see more of Stuart wade's portfolio check out diligence.studio.com or click on the links in the show notes thanks for listening and i will see you in episode eight whenever that will be all right, today's uh, transition is to digitize myself like Tron uh, and upload myself to episode eight. So here we go. Oh, I don't know if this feels good or bad, but here I go to episode eight. Oh!